are here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. We are your news now. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Sunday to you. Welcome to Right On Radio to our weekly Bible study. Uh, we're having a little bit of trouble with Cisco's camera. Could not get it working. Uh, we apologize, and I know that she spent time dolling herself up, as she always does for us. So it is definitely a shame that we do not get to see uh, Cisco, but we just we weren't able to get it working uh, at this time. So uh, many apologies, but J- Cisco is here, and her spirit is even stronger without video. <laughs> <laughs> So good morning to you, Cisco. Good morning, Jeff. Happy to be on Right on the Radio. Thank you for invite. Well, Thank it's always a pleasure, invite. and our audience loves you. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Cisco, maybe you're a new listener. Uh, Cisco is the author of Behold a White Horse. And if you want to know basically all of the secrets, like she doesn't hold back anything, folks. It's a big, big book. It'll take you time, but man, if you want to decipher what is happening in the world, you'll want to go and get her book, Behold a White Horse. Also, I want to uh, acknowledge her Patreon. Uh, Listen, she's a pastor's wife. Uh, She lost her husband many years ago, and, uh, you know, uh, apparently being a pastor's wife, you don't save up a ton of money but she gives a ton of value for everyone on her Patreon. She truly does love her Patreons and takes care of them, and she gives so much uh, good information, and uh, and just it's just a real blessing, folks. Uh, so please do join her Patreon. And before we get to the study, just a couple quick announcements. Um, Look, you know what? Uh, this week, a lot of Patriots are celebrating. Uh, we're celebrating Roe versus Wade. Of course, it's not as big of a deal as everyone's making it uh, in the uh, you know news because it isn't the end of abortion. It just means states can now uh, do things. So it's more representative uh, to the people. Uh, but yet, I celebrate it. It doesn't go all the way. I'd like to, to be banned. Obviously, uh, killing of babies is not good, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but, you know, we're celebrating some victories, but at the same time, uh, it was no mistake that the, uh, the handgun law, uh, was held up by the Supreme court the day before it's actually, I think there's some, uh, I I'd say, don't get your, uh, your hopes up for all this good news yet, because I think it's, uh, it's actually gonna get a little bit, uh, tough ahead of us, uh, folks. Uh, and so I'd say that, uh, with full knowledge and uh, of what's going on. And I think most of us are are pretty awake to what is going on in the world right now. We've got the food shortages and all this stuff that's, uh, that's coming down the pipe and it's very real folks. Take it seriously. Uh, don't think that, uh, God won't let us go through a hard time because I'm pretty confident he will, uh, he will step in, you know, uh, you'll never go without, but, uh, 
you know, please, uh, please take it seriously and prepare as much as you can. Uh, but I do say that with, because if you listen, if you need encouragement, if you want to know how to get through uh, maybe these next couple months, few months, six months, I don't know how long, uh, listen to the Saturday night sermon. The one that Dewey did last night, it was on the book of Joshua. And man, he, his knowledge of the Torah in particular and uh, and Old Testament scripture and Jewish customs, uh, it's just, it's so deep. And he is such a gifted teacher. He was a professional pastor for, you know, 35 years. He's retired now, but as he says, a pastor never truly retires. And uh, he give, takes joy in giving these messages. And this one, particularly last night, uh, the Saturday Night Sermon, if you haven't checked it out, please do because you will come out of it very, very encouraged. And the other thing I want to say is thank you to all the people who attend uh, Singing Poor. Uh, there's definitely a regular crowd. Uh, yeah, you know, everyone else is invited. Uh, you don't have to be a super Christian to get there. And I, I was only there for a short period of time yesterday. But I want you to know something about the Singing Poor. Uh, if you've never attended, the Holy Spirit shows up, and it's real. If you want to experience the joy of the Holy Spirit, attend this prayer meeting that we have every Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern on Telegram. It's just like being on the phone. It's like a conference call. But I want you to know something really important about the Singapore prayer celebration that we have. Did you know that miracles are happening because of those prayers and every single week, we're getting confirmations of miracles that are happening from that prayer meeting. So I'm just going to ask you, good Christian, do you need a miracle in your life? Maybe someone around you needs a miracle. Want to join with some people who really have it on their heart to sing, praise God, and pray at the same time? Join our singing poor prayer celebration. Uh, it's it's super powerful. What can I say? Uh, Cisco, do you believe in prayer? I absolutely believe in prayer. Yes. Prayer is our well, very, without prayer. We have no foundation. Yeah. And it really is our weapon of mass destruction as well. Yes. So Cisco. So the scriptures is our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to the tearing down of strongholds. Without prayer, we can't go into battle. That's right. And and by the way, I like to include worship uh, in that before we go to battle, because I think that is really a super powerful weapon as well, the worship of God. Uh, Cisco, would you mind opening us in a prayer this morning? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you, Father, with such great thanksgiving and mercy. We know, Lord, that you're the God of all things. We lift your name up today, Father, that we bring praise and glory to you. And as we uh, talk and learn of your precious word, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to may our hearts be knitted together. Lord, I'm tr just seeking your spirit to ask you, Father, give me the words that you would have me to say. And yes, Lord, love and faithfulness meets together righteousness and peace 
kiss each other. Oh, Lord, that we might stand in righteousness and peace before your throne today. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth and righteousness looks down from heaven. Oh, yes. Righteousness looks down from heaven. His righteousness covers us, Father, today, Lord, as we learn of you, as we stand upon your word, and we, we step out in faith today. And may we come to understand the gifts that you've given each of us, Lord. Lord, I'm trying to have the mind of the Holy Spirit as I pray today, Father. Because we know, Lord, that when we study the book of Acts, we can come to understand that there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit, and there are different kinds of, of service, but of the same Lord. And there are different kinds of workings, but the same God works all of them in all of us. And I think that is so, thank you, Lord, for bringing that scripture back to my heart. There are different kinds of gifts. And as we study the book of Acts, Paul and those that followed with him, they all had specific gifts operating in their life. And so, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to bring that message to our hearts that we would all know that, yes, and through righteousness, you have given each of us beautiful gifts. And in those gifts, we can walk into the walk into the the dens of iniquity, and we can take back the kingdom of God that you might be glorified in all that we do and all that we say. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Amen. And you know, I just, uh, as you were praying that, Cisco, I'm reflecting and, you know, this is something, uh, so I'm not going to give away your age, Cisco, but uh, you do have a son that's a couple of years older than me. So I think that gives a, a little bit of perspective to the audience and you know, I lost my mother uh, back in 2012, and as I'm listening to you pray and just enjoying this uh, this relationship that we have, and uh, you know, you've mentored me so much, Cisco, and uh, and taught me so many things, and been a loving friend. So I, I thank you for all of that, and uh, and for joining me in this uh, ministry partnering uh, on a Sunday morning. It's a privilege to be with you and with the body of Christ. Amen. And I just want to say hi to, I, I see Donna is here, Native Mum. Hello. Good to see you again. Uh, they were both in uh, in the singing poor yeah. prayer celebration. Brad is here. All right, Brad. Misty River, of course. Misty, uh, you mean so much to us. You help us out so much. Uh, so I want to say thank you to you as well. And I noticed Eric is here. Danielle is here. Selah Sentiments, uh, New Time is Now. I love that handle. Penny is here, L. Russ, Native Mom. And, and listen, I can't read off everyone, but I just want to thank you all personally for being here this morning and on with the reading of the word. So we are doing Acts chapter 17, and uh, every chapter is certainly uh, interesting, but there's some uh, there's some real nuggets in here. So why don't I read the chapter, and then, Cisco, you and I will begin to break it down after the reading of the word. Okay. Now, when they had traveled through Amphilus and Apollonia, 
they came to Thessalonica, where was the synagogue of Jews. And according to Paul's custom, he visited them. And for three Sabbaths, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and giving evidence that Christ had to suffer and rise from the dead and saying, this Jesus who I'm proclaiming to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, along with a large number of God-fearing Greeks and a significant number of the leading women. But the Jews becoming jealous and taking along some wicked men from the marketplace formed a mob and set the city in an uproar, and they were attacked, the house of Jason, and were seeking to bring them out to the people. When they did not find them, they, be, they began dragging Jason and some brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have upset the world have come here also. And Jason has welcomed them, and they act contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. They stirred up the crowd and the city authorities who heard these things, and when they had received a pledge from Jason and the others, they released them. Sorry, just a quick drink of water. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away uh, by night to Berea, and when they had arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now these people were no more noble-minded than those of Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, along with a significant number of prominent Greek women and men. But the Jews of Thessalonica found out that the word of God had been proclaimed by Paul in Berea also. And they came there as well, agitating and stirring up crowds. Then immediately, the brothers sent, out, sent Paul out to go as far as the sea, and Silas and Timothy remained there. Now those who escorted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they left. Now Paul is waiting for them in Athens. His spirit was being provoked within him as he observed the city was full of idols. So he was reasoning in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be present. And some of the Epicurean and the Stoic philosophers as well were conversing with him. Some were saying, what could this scavenger of tidbits want to say? Others, he seems to be a proclaimer of strange deities because he was proclaiming Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to Aeropogas saying, may we know what this new teaching is, which you are proclaiming. For you are bringing some strange things to our ears, so we want to know these what these things mean. So Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, 
I see that you are very religious in all aspects. For while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, I also found an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship in ignorance, this is what I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything that is in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not dwell in temples made by hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and things. And he made one man, every nation and mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, that they would seek God if perhaps they might feel around him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live, move, and exist. And even some of your own poets have said, for we also are his descendants. Therefore, since we are the descendants of God, we thought we ought not to think that our divine nature is like gold, silver, or stone, an image formed by human skull and thought. So having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now proclaiming to mankind that all people everywhere are to repent because he has set a day on what she will judge the world in righteousness through a man who he has appointed, having furnished proof to all his people by raising him from the dead. Now, when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some became to scoff, but others said, we shall hear from you again concerning this. So Paul went out from among them, but some men joined him and believed, among whom were also Dionysus and Areopagate and a woman named Demarius and others with them. Lord bless the reading of your word and understanding. Well, all right. So this is a good chapter. There's some real nuggets in here. Let's start at the top, Cisco. Okay. So the first thing I want to say is, you know, Thessalonica uh, was a major hub. Uh, it was a major hub kind of in between the West and the East, you might say. And, you know, in and by the way, uh, the ministry turns out it was very effective in uh, Thessalonia because there's first Thessalonians and second Thessalonians. And so the word definitely went out and spread from there. But Paul always started in the synagogue of the Jews, Cisco. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. And, and why do you suppose that is? Well, God had taken the gospel to the Jews. They, they were the first to receive the gospel, the Torah. That's right. So it's because it was from their scriptures that he always went to them first. It didn't exactly. mean that they're his favorite or anything like that. God loves all people. They were learned. They were they were learned in the Torah. They studied it night and day. They devoted their life to the Torah. 
So God had already put a foundation within their heart. He had, they already had, I think by God's grace, he had already put his word in their heart. They just needed to harvest it. Yeah, and they had an understanding. So it wasn't like going to just someone who had never heard anything. You right. know, they had an understanding. So right. he was reading their scriptures and he's there for three Sabbaths. So he's there for three weeks. Mm-hmm. And and I love what it says here. He reasoned with them. And yes. didn't Jesus say, come let us reason? Yes. He I think that's such an I think that's such an important point, Cisco. I liked Paul, and I and the reason I like Paul so much is because he reasoned with them, but I think it's a little deeper than that. He was also remember Paul was also learned. He I believe that he was very learned and skilled, and he was not ignorant. He had prepared himself not only spiritually spiritually, but he had learned, and he knew their ways. So he was. With boldness, he went into their territory and and spoke to them into their churches, or not? They weren't churches, but he spoke to the to the scribes. He spoke to them at their level. Well, he 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 was a Greek to the Greeks. Uh-huh. He was a Roman citizen, so he was a right. Roman to the Romans, and he was a Jew of Jews. Right. Yeah, he was well rounded. Yeah, not many people in. Uh, in life like Paul. <laughs> well, you know, the scripture says to study to show yourself approved. And I think Paul is a fine example of that scripture. Study to show thyself approved. Because like you said, he could he could talk to anyone and he would be fine. He could he could sit down with anyone. I think he knew all people. Yeah, and I heart. think I think he was a genius as well, quite yeah, honestly. I'm sure he was. But what what's so I love the thing reasoned, and uh, I think that's important because someone who has no foundation, or even someone with a foundation, if you just go up and say you're wrong and you're going to go to hell unless you believe in my God, they're not going to hear you. Yes, but now it's probably a true statement in saying that, yeah, however. You have to reason with people, and and Jesus reasoned with people when when it was reasonable to do so. But yet he didn't. He didn't. Uh, he preached the word. He stayed true to the word, and I love that about Paul. Uh, he he preached Jesus Christ is the Christ and is the Messiah. He preached the word. He didn't. Uh, he knew who he was in Christ. He already was grounded in the word so he could the word of God had come alive in his spirit so he went boldly but yet he treaded gently too yeah and he's going straight from the scriptures explaining right. and giving evidence that Christ had to suffer and rise from the dead because you know I think a lot of the Jews were expecting you know Jesus to come on this big white horse and be this you know glorious king who would just save the earth but that isn't what the scripture said. Right. Well, you know, I think it's important that we draw a line on. Paul never spoke or taught by feelings. Because, you know, feelings change. But Paul, he spoke of Christ the Messiah. 
Jesus Christ is the Christ of the Messiah. He spoke the word. It wasn't, you know, when we go and talk to a lot of people, Jeff, they have a lot of opinions. But opinions, they change. And opinions have no foundation to stand on. Opinion has no foundation. Why do you believe this? Well, I heard so-and-so say such and such. That is opinion. We have to be grounded in God's word. It's, we have, as Paul was, he was grounded. He knew he, who he was in Christ Jesus. He knew who he was. He knew the word. Well, I think you were very astute to say opinions and emotions at the same time, because uh, depending on your emotional state, your opinion will change. Yes. And let's face it, uh, we can change emotional states in 10, 15 minutes. We can change on a dime if something happens. Right. Something could affect you, you know. Um, look, there was something that affected me last night, and it was just a little thing. But, man, it, it you know... <laughs> Uh, well, I'll, I'll I'll be completely honest. Um, you know the uh, the Saturday night sermons typically on uh, on Podbean we get a few thousand people immediately, and you know what? And I'm and I'm thankful for everyone who was there, but watching it live, and I get it. It's Saturday night; it's the summer, but man, there was only eleven people watching it live, and I thought, I thought, man. Why why do we do this? You know, and, and quite honestly, Christ would have done uh, done the cross for just one person. So, you know, it was just me going through an emotional state. You know, thinking, man, do we work so hard preparing this? Um, you know, I have to spend a couple hours rendering video and putting it up and, you know, doing chain, doing different artwork for all these different platforms. It's a lot more work than people think. Oh, and yeah. uh and then, like, 11 people showed up to watch it live, you know? And in uh, YouTube, you know, as they say on Podbean, we got a few thousand uh, people. But I'm thinking, you know, video is so much more work. <laughs> you know, why do I do this? And, yes. and I, was, I, was, I was hurt by it. I'm just telling you the truth. Yeah. But that was emotions. And yes. emotions do not dictate the truth of the matter. And the truth of the matter, by the end of the day, it'll probably be about five, 600 on YouTube. You know, it'll be another thousand on Podbean, uh, you know, and other platforms. But uh, if, if I was to just react on emotion or teach people, like, you know, I, I could have gone into the uh, singing prayer, prayer, prayer celebration and said, you know what? God doesn't want this to happen, doesn't want us to be on YouTube because only 11 people showed up. <laughs> if it was 12, it would have been a God number, but it was 11. So, you know, if I preached out of emotion, that's not centered in the word. Right, right. By faith, his word goeth forth, and it'll never come back void. We don't know Amen. where that word, that that message is going to go it could go into all four four corners of the earth god will anoint his word it'll go forth the holy spirit will send it where it needeth to go at the time that it needeth to go 
Well, that's right. And listen, the other thing is we have to hold on to the promises of God because God's yes. given me specific promises and yes. I cannot be distracted by these things. And also uh, knowing that, uh, you know, the, the evil empire that runs this platform is definitely going against us because this channel, unlike other channels, does not waver. Look, I might not be the best Christian in the world. I might not lead the most upright life. Uh, but I'll tell you something, I will not betray God. <laughs> and and I will not be supporting this great apostasy or threatening Christians with hidden knowledge as someone just did. It really upset me. Can we go to uh, verse 3, Jeff? Yes. Would you read it out loud, please? Explaining and giving the evidence that Christ had to suffer and rise from the dead and saying... This Jesus whom I am proclaiming to you is the Christ. That is so powerful. Is the Christ. Uh, do you have, your, you have your Bible with you, don't you, Jeff? I'm sure you do. That sword. If not, I want to go to Isaiah 53. Because he's right. talking about, he is telling them of, of the Lord and I think it goes even a little deeper. Um, for he shall grow. He's talking about the Lord here. Or Jesus here. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. And as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form nor uh, com comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should de desire him. This is so important. He is despised and rejected of man, a man of sorrow, and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Boy, is he talking to them. You, you esteemed him not. You did not acknowledge him. Surely he hath bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken smitten of god and afflicted but he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed all we have gone all we like sheep have gone astray we have turned every one to his own way and the lord has laid on him the iniquities of us all and, and words, so, he, he was calling them to judgment. And you know what? I'll bet you Paul was quoting that because he oh, proved sure he that was. Christ had to suffer. Yes. He gave the evidence and he gave the evidence from the scriptures. And you think you're right. Uh, you know, Isaiah 53. And by the way, I think we read up to about uh, verse six there. Yeah. Um, you know. Yes, that was one through six. So it, it worked because uh, and some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas along with a large number of God-fearing Greeks and a significant number of the leading women. But then the Jews becoming jealous and taking along some wicked men from their marketplace formed a mob in the city and set to uh, set the city in an uproar. And they were attacked the house of Jason. And Jason, I suppose, is the one hosting them here. Um, 
And when they did not find them, they dragged Jason out to the city authorities. And and what they do here is very clever. And and what it always says the Jews, but you gotta remember, some of the Jews were saved and believed. So this isn't a an anti-Semitic sentiment coming out of the Bible. This is uh this is the you know, the religiously it goes back to the Pharisees, right? The yeah. people who don't want to lose their power, Cisco. Oh no. They don't want to lose their authority. They certainly don't want to. They don't want to submit to the of the authority of God's word. They were. They didn't have a heart to submit. In fact, they do everything in their power to be the exact opposite of God's word. Well, the word said they were rebellious people. Synagogue of Satan. A rebellious people. But I also like the. Uh, part that, uh, you know, so it mentions the marketplace here a couple times. Uh, later on in the chapter, Paul is preaching in the marketplace in between synagogue settings. And, uh, but also it's the, uh, the jealous Jews went into the marketplace and got lewd men, essentially. I wish I had the, uh, uh, the King, King James up here. I'm reading from the American standard, but, uh, Actually, do you have, um, let me see, uh, where where am I? I wanted you to read one verse, because you have the King James up, right? Yes. Um, verse 5. Could you read verse 5? Okay, let me grab my glasses. 17.5? Yes. Okay. But the Jews, which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company and set all the city on an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out of the people. I think that Jason probably was a housing Paul yes. with Timothy. That's, that's, that's my impression here. Yeah. Uh, and so, so what do they do? I'm sorry. So what do they do? They tried to get the, the legal thing because the authorities in the city, you right. know, when they when they get the mob and so they have the business people, they have the religious leaders and they go in front of the authorities and they say, hey, these guys are putting another king in front of Caesar. And, mm -hmm. and, I, and, I, and I've been told, obviously I wasn't there, but I've been told that back in those days, uh, once a year you had to do a proclamation uh, saying that you bow down to King Caesar. And so if a Christian puts another king above Caesar, that's a big problem legally and against their power. That's true. I mean, uh, there could have been terrible consequences. But God covered them. He walked before them. Yep, and so it's funny because this is another... So Paul goes to the synagogues first. He creates quite a stir. And by, and by the way, uh, this is an important point too. Some people believed, some people wanted to kill him. Essentially, oh, yeah. right? Um, there's no middle ground here. You know, it's like, and, and that's what the word of God does. Yes. And and when when we stand in front of an unbeliever, they're convicted even by you standing there, Cisco. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely they are. And the old spirits, uh, they like to raise their ugly heads. And uh, they like strife because in strife, they can run away from the anointing, from the conviction of the Holy Spirit. See, anger always comes first. They were For angry. Them. They were angry because they were convicted. God's word is sharp like a two-edged sword. It pierced, it pierced their soul. Because, see, they were created in God's image, in his likeness. So that soul essence knows the truth. And so when Paul came forth with the word, their spirit had to acknowledge that Christ was real, that he had died, and that he rose. And, and the they word, got mad because, see, then they would have to deny. In their, they, they would realize that they'd been lied to and they had been deceived and they weren't willing to accept that truth. And that they had deceived many themselves yes. because they repeat the lie. They weren't going to take that responsibility. That's right. So, again, I'm sorry, Jeff. Have you ever noticed? That people, when they're wrong, they always get angry? Yes. I mean, it's a pattern. Sit back and watch it. They're always angry. They get loud. They get boisterous. They say things they wish they had not have said later or say things they should have never said. And they don't have a repentant heart. They're angry. Yeah. And, and when you think about it, even in the world, if you went... To an area, um, well, listen. Here's a good example because they have the uh, the decision uh, that just happened on Friday. Mm -hmm. If you stood in front of that crowd and just started preaching the word of God, not even talking about the the, the you know the the issue of the day, uh, Roe versus Wade, but if you just stood up there and started preaching the word of God in front of that mob, what do you think would happen? Oh, they'd have mobbed them. And they'd stone you. <laughs> yeah, they'd have killed them. But see, again, they don't want to take responsibility. Again, a lot of these women have had abortions. They've had family members they've encouraged to have abortions. And they don't want to take responsibility as if they are guilty of murder. And that's what it is. Tell it out like it is. It's murder. And they also... Uh, because they're slutty in their own lifestyle and they have no, no spiritual standards. They think they can lay and sleep with anything, any dog out there. Sorry, I say it, but it's the truth. And it's okay, but it's not okay because there's consequences for sin. And abortion should not be the consequences of sin. And I say it boldly, and I'm not ashamed to say it. Girls, keep your legs together. Stop using abortion as your birth control because there is accountability. And I'm and sorry, I get very angry when I think about the millions of babies that we have lost because of sin. Yeah, about 63 million is yeah. the number of since 1973. Yeah. No wonder our earth screams its revenge. No wonder the earth shakes. No wonder the mountains roar and the thunder roars and the hand of God strikes. He has every right 
the strike. And we as Christians, we have every legal right, morally and spiritually, to take our stand and say we have had enough. Call sin what it is. Call abortion murder. That's what it is. Not that God can't forgive. He can forgive and he will if you come humbly before his throne and you seek forgiveness. There is nothing that we can't, that we have not done that God will not forgive, but we must change direction. How can we pray for God to bless America when we are killing his righteous seed? Yeah, and you have to remember the children are the most important to God. And and I say that maybe most important isn't the right words, but they're the most pure. You yeah, know, they they're the most pure, yes. And, and, and the church does not say this, folks, uh, but we are the church now. And yes. this is this is why we're reading Acts, because it's it's us that are here right now uh in this message. Look, I'm not a preacher. Uh, Cisco's not preaching today. We're just reading the Word of God, and and discussing it in a real conversation with you. But I, I'm glad you mentioned because I'm sure that there's more than one person in the you know that hears the sound of our voices today that has had an abortion, or uh, even a guy who's been with a woman who's aborted their child, or and there is forgiveness for it, but the. But what the world doesn't talk about is the consequence of sin in the physical. Because even though Christ will forgive you, that is a terrible burden to carry. Uh, And it it hurts women beyond measure. And men too, uh, I would say. But women in particular. You know, God put within the man, within Adam, and we come out of the loins of Adam, God put such a deep love in the hearts of fathers to protect their families, to be the covering of their families. And these young men, when these young women have abortions and they find that their seed line has been killed, murdered, these young men grieve deeply. They grieve deeply. We must not leave the men out of the out of the the cycle of abortion it affects everybody it affects mothers and grandparents and children because it's a curse it's a terrible terrible curse it's the curse of Baal worship well and and it's it's spiritual not only physical you know yes. there will be physical mourning and physical uh, consequences, you know, in the grieving process. Yes. Uh, but but the spiritual uh, aspect of it is very significant as yes. well. Yes. So <laughs> we we better continue on in the yes. chapter here. Uh, so so again, you know, Paul did three three Saturdays, and you know he's preaching in between. He didn't he didn't just go to sleep for uh, you know six days in between Saturdays at the in the synagogue, but again. He goes out, and they have to sneak him away in the middle of the night uh, out of Thessalonica. Yeah. And and you know what? Paul was wise enough to to uh, follow that counsel. And Paul wasn't scared for himself, but he knew he had a job to do, and he wasn't finished. Right. It's true. Well, he, we must not forget that he turned their world upside down. He literally turned their world upside down. He preached Christ the Messiah. 
I mean, after all, look what they had done. They had crucified their Lord. Yeah. And see, if you realize, one thing that stood out in my mind was that Paul never talked about the crucifixion in this chapter. Well, he does say that he had to be He's beaten, talking, humili humiliated, and, and take our sin. But yeah, he, he, he doesn't go into specifically the crucifixion. Right. He knew what he was dealing with. This is where wisdom came in. Because mm -hmm. I'm not criticizing Paul because I'm sure he was led of the spirit. But he had to use wisdom and we must learn to use wisdom too. Well, you'll see what he, how he changes his techniques, yeah. even going into Athens and uh, things like that. But, uh, you know. Yes, when he went into Athens, he preached the crucifixion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there was a difference. Went against Athens. the idols. Yeah. Yeah. He had wisdom, great wisdom. They'd have stoned him right there, I believe, if he had talked of the crucifixion. I believe they had stoned him to death right there because they, the people were already rioting. They were already angry. Just at the mention of the Messiah, they were angry. So but although we find out later that his ministry in, in Thessalonia it was very successful, and, and by the way, it all started, yeah. he planted a church in three Saturdays, folks. Yeah, when you think about did. it, and the, the Thessalonia church had be, became amazing. Um, but then he went to this place, Berea. And what's, what I like about this is they were much more to receive the word. It says uh, they were, now these people were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica. Mm -hmm. For they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see that these things were so, therefore, many of them believed. Mm -hmm. I because love it. They, they actually searched. went and sought out God. I love it. They searched the word out. And you know, we as a family of God, don't believe anything Cisco says. Don't believe anything I say. Don't believe anything Jeff says. Search the word out. That's why we stay true to the word. And we try to bring the word of God to you. And is because it isn't anything, it has nothing to do with what Cisco thinks or what I feel. It has only what to do with God Himself. This is His Word, and we must uphold His Word because He's the integrity of His Word, and that's that is our very foundation. It really is. And and I'm glad you said that because we will make mistakes, folks. Oh, uh, but the Word of God. Uh, there are no mistakes in the Word of God. That's right. And anyone who tells you that the Word of God got it wrong, well, they're blaspheming. Mm -hmm. Call it what it is. Call it what <laughs> you know? it is. Um, I'm not going to be timid. And in fact, I don't like to attack people, but I'm going to be attacking some messages in the next. It's on my heart. And uh, it's not something I want to do. But... I feel like I have to do it because I owe that to this audience. And you'll understand why when I do it. Um, okay, so uh, by the way, Berea is like a small 
town where Thessalonica was, you know, quite a large place. So it, it, isn't that the way it is in America? You're in the large city and people don't accept the word of God as easily, you know, on the street corner, uh, but going to the small town and you're probably going to be received. And that's kind of the way it happened here. But, you know, Paul's pattern was always go to the big cities first because he wanted to plant the churches and then let them spread out to the local towns all around them. Mm-hmm. So let's move into Athens because this is a uh, very, very interesting to me uh, what he was doing. So, uh, so while Paul was waiting for uh, Silas uh, and Timothy to come, uh, he's in Athens. So he's, he's in Athens and in Athens, you know, it's well known for all their statues to all their deities, yes. essentially, right? Yes, it was temple worship. And and his spirit was provoked within him as he observed the city full of idols. Now, Cisco, oh. I, I've never been to Athens. I don't know if you have. No, I have not. But... You know, I know that many people go there because we want to be tourists and we want to see the history and and there's nothing wrong with that. But what really stands out to me in this is, you know, Jeff might show up in Athens as a tourist and go, wow, look at that. Where Paul's like, whoa, <laughs> this is bad, right? Mm-hmm. You know, well, I, might, I might appreciate the architecture. Paul's thinking... Oh, my goodness, these people are worshiping idols. Well, I am so grateful that Paul had the gifts of the Holy Spirit in his life because without the gifts of the Holy Spirit, his hope, the spirit within himself would have never been grieved. But he was so grieved over the idol worship and the temple worship and the adultery, the spiritual adultery and all the idols, the stoned idols. His spirit was so grieved because he knew he had come in contact with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he, the Holy Spirit had given him witness of the Trinity in his life, which gave him uh, the gifts of the Spirit. He had such wisdom. I love it because without God, you don't see the sin around you. It just becomes well, normal. Yeah, and, and it, it just has provoked within yeah. him. So that's definitely... The Holy yeah. Spirit coming yeah. out. And and so again, in, in verse 17, he was reasoning in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles and in the marketplace every day with those who happen to be present. And, you know, I love the fact that it mentions the marketplace again here because where's your ministry? Where do you spend most of your time? Oh, well, I can't really talk about Jesus at work. I might lose my job. Well, it's not just, only think, that, just think about that for a second, right? Yes, absolutely, Jeff. I love it. But you know, another thing too, when he walked among the people, he I was thinking about this, walking among the people, he was walking around the rich. He was walking around those that had knowledge. He was walking, in essence, he was right in the center of of a sin-sick nation. 
He was literally walking into the den of iniquity, greed, hate, idol worship, sun worship, moon worship, satanic worship, blood sacrifice. He was in the middle of it all. He was in the den of iniquity, but he went boldly before the people and, and shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you know what? I, I'm really glad you mentioned the devil worship again because uh, now I'm reading from the New American Standard, but I also, when I study, I study the King James as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I just find this the New American Standard kind of goes down the middle uh, between translations. That's part of the reason why I use it. However, in the King James Version, it actually says he inverted it. And when you think about it, you know, until we started learning about what the occult does and things like that, they turn everything upside down upside and invert down. it. Yes. And so, like, God didn't, God knew about this. And, he, and this, this scripture is relevant present day, folks. You know, all scripture is relevant present day. And <clears throat> when we give the word of God, it corrects the inversion that is the world. Yes. It's, he turned, like you're saying, Jeff, he, he turned, I, he turned the world upside down. And what he, his goal was before the throne of God was to turn the world right side up one soul at a time. And that's all we can do. We turn the world right side up one soul at a time that's all we can do and and by the way do that in the marketplace in your place of work because that's yes. where you spend most of your time yes and but use the words that are done here reason with them mm -hmm. don't beat them over the head mm -hmm. by the way uh show the evidence and the evidence is within you are you shining? Are you loving? Are you displaying Christ inside of you? And if you are, the people in your work will want what you have. Yes. I'm thinking of... Um... Go ahead, Jeff. I'm still processing here. All right. Yeah, we've got your clock going off as well. So oh, yes. uh, a couple couple more things as we continue on in, uh, in Athens here. So a couple of the Stoic philosophers uh, came conversing with saying, what does this scavenger of tidbits want to say? And that's important because he uses the things that are around him. But he was talking about Jesus and the resurrection. And when they took and they brought him saying, uh, what, what is this teaching you're proclaiming? Because you're talking strange things to our ears. So we want to hear from it. So so Paul stands up in front of them. And and he wasn't confrontatious. This, he actually said this as a compliment. Although we uh, who are spirit-filled know it's actually not a compliment. But he says, I see that you were very religious. So to them, yes, we study, we live by the law, we uh, do this. So they, they, they're, they, he's complimenting them. At least it's being taken that way. And 
For while I was passing through and uh, the objects of your worship, I also found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. So what is he? What he does here is so brilliant because so they had left uh, an altar in case they missed one because you know there's tens of thousands of idols deity idols that are made and all around the city of Athens but in case they forgot someone they put to the unknown god mm -hmm. so paul uses this as a launching point because he says therefore what you worship in ignorance this is what i came to tell you about <laughs> it's this god that mm -hmm. created everything mm -hmm. all life is held together by this god you're a it's going to be revealed right now. You get out the chisels. You can put this name in, and he doesn't. He doesn't need to go into your temples that are beautiful. He doesn't need statues. In fact, you know, he's the Lord. He owns everything. The God of all eternity. I love it. I love that part of the scripture. It was such wisdom he used. It was just to come in. They're like, okay, there's my starting point. You know, you guys say you have an ongoing God. Let me make him known to you. Uh, and so, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything since himself gives uh, to all people life and breath and all things he made from one nation. And he goes on and on. And, and he also says this, listen to this. And he made one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth. I love it. Having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. Yes. What does that say to you, Cisco? Determine their appointed times and the boundaries of your habitation. I believe that when God when the Tower of Babel, during the time they were building the Tower of Babel and God changed the languages, I believe he set boundaries for nationalities, spiritually and physically, so that there wouldn't be another Babylon, so there wouldn't be another Tower of Babel. That's absolutely true. Andy limited man's years to 120 years at the yes. same time. In yes. Genesis 11 there, but what, what stands out to me is uh, he appointed your time. So Cisco, time. he made you mm -hmm. for this period yes. in history. Yes. And Native Mum and Misty River and, uh, and Donna and Katie, uh, he made you yes. for this period of time. Eric. He made you, and he appointed your time to preach, you know, uh, coming up again in a couple weeks. But, and same with, uh, with Beulah. He made you for this time. Each one of us, he made, and he, ma and he put you in the location where you are. Absolutely. Yes. I believe that with my whole heart. It's in an appointed time. Well, it says it in the Bible, so therefore I believe it to be 100% true. No lies in the Bible. God's not capable. 
If there's one thing God's not capable of, or two things, he can't lie, he can't sin. No, nope, he can't. He's not a man that he should lie or repent. That's right. So then he goes on. Um, oh, it's interesting because remember he had the, the stoic, uh, you know, poets and stuff like that there. So they're there. They wanted to hear what he was saying. And uh, so he said, he goes on and starts quoting some of their poets from Athens. Uh, and where does it say that? So he pointed for the times, the boundaries of their habitation, that they would seek God if perhaps they might feel around for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him, sorry, I'm just, oh, and so some of your own poets have said, for we also are his descendants. Therefore, we are the descendants of God. We ought not to think that divine natures like gold, silver, or stone, an image formed by human skill and thought. So, he even is quoting their poets in this town. So he compliments yeah. them that they're religious. He, he quotes their poets. He talks about their unknown God. This is a custom tailor-made message for the people of Athens. Such wisdom. He went through the back door. He really did, didn't he? He really did. But then he kind of gives a warning and he says, uh, because he has set a day and he's going to judge you, he's going to the world in righteousness through a man who he has appointed, having furnished proof to all people by raising him from the dead. So, you know, you might not listen to me right now, but you better listen soon. He preached Christ crucified. Yeah, because right the, the next thing, uh, it says, now when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, they began to scoff. Again, this is offensive to the unbeliever, isn't it? It sure is. But some of them had an open mind and said, well, we should hear from the, you again on this. So Paul went out from among them, but some men joined him and believed, among mm -hmm. whom were also Dionysus, Areopagate, mm -hmm. and a woman named Damaris and others with them. Upon this rock, we will build the church. Upon Cisco, this rock. Cisco, this, the gets, Messiah. this gets so interesting. Um, yes, it it's certainly not shallow as we teach the meat of the word. This is the meat of the word. It's not the shallow word. It's the meat of the word. And this is instruction to us. Like he's laying a foundation. Yes. Each one of us who, who are studying this word, we're getting instruction on how to serve our Lord. Yes. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. Yes. How do we act accordingly? Well, this book is telling us. Yes. Ah, it's, I get so much joy doing this Sunday morning study. I really do. 
Cisco. And you bring me joy as well, Cisco, along with everyone in the audience. Thank you. You know, I have one thought, Jeff. Are, are we at the end of this chapter? We are. Okay. I have a thought that just kind of filled my heart as you were talking. You know, according to God and God's grace, and within the family of God, we have different gifts. We have to go back to the gifts. <clears throat> uh, as Paul and Timothy, as they walked before us, there's such beautiful examples of the gifts operating in their life. And according to the grace that was given to them and to us, I just, I say this to all of us and to myself also. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion of his faith. Mm. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. It if it's encouragement, let him encourage. If it's contributing love to the family of God, to the needs of others, let him give generously. Because, you know, some people have more than others. And if they chose, they could help the the widow and the orphan in the church. If they would graciously give. If it's leadership, let him grow dil diligently. We, may, you know, what am I trying to say? Um, if it's sharing the word of God, may we grow in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. As Paul had. May we learn to listen to the Holy Spirit as it teaches us all things. And may we do it cheerfully. Mm -hmm. And I thinking of the word. Ex, ex, uh, I don't want to use the word explore. Maybe, I guess what I'm trying to say is as we walk in the Spirit and we let the gifts of the Holy Spirit work in us, may we come boldly before the throne of God, but may we also be gentle as a dove and as wise as a serpent. Just as you were saying earlier, Jeff, sometimes we're too harsh. We need to go gently. We need to approach people with the love of God and let the Holy Spirit do the work. <laughs> I know for myself, I can remember times when I was too harsh and I had to repent and I had to go to that individual and say, I was too rough. I was too harsh with you. I just want you to know that the Lord loves you. He, he takes you right where you are. He knoweth all things and he loves you. That's the, that's the message of love but we also we must not forget that he's also a god of judgment and we have to balance love and judgment as someone said to me just a while back 
Cisco, you can't, you don't have any right to judge me. I said, I have every right to judge sin. The word of God says we're to call sin out. Call sin what it is. And if God calls it sin, who are you to, to judge God's judgment? Who are you? God calls it sin. I call it sin because God calls it sin. I'm not judging you. The word of God is judging you. And that's what Paul was doing. He was calling them. He judged them. But yet he did it with the heart of God, the heart of love. I guess Amen. that's all and I want to say. Well, there is a time to be brutal as well. Uh, yes. You know, uh, most times we want to be reasonable. And we want to be likable. We want to, again, we want people to see us and say, man, I want what's in that person. You know, how, how can you be so full of joy all the time? How can... You know, and not that we are all the time, but you know what I mean? Most of the time, look, I can usually keep a smile on my face because I'm usually pretty happy, you know? Um, but, and and when people see that, well, I, I want that because they might be suffering through something. I want what you have. And so we got to let the light shine. But at some point in time, uh, there's a time to be rough and there's time to throw the, the fire and brimstone at people, you know? Um, because sometimes it takes a, sh a shock to get someone's attention. Sometimes people really need to, and, and it's all reality, folks. It is all yeah. reality. If you don't believe, you're not going to heaven. Oh, I know. You could be the greatest person in the world, a philanthropist. Yeah. Bill Gates is a philanthropist. You know, a lot of good celebrities give a lot of money. They're great people. Sure. They're not earning their way into heaven by giving. So. That's true. You know, Jeff, ending here, I just encourage each of us, including myself and those that are listening, that we stay in the word of God. Let's study the scriptures. And we can, and studying the word of God, like the book of Acts, we can see, we can see actively, and I use that word strongly, how Paul and Timothy, they lived out their gifts. They lived out their gifts in the book of Acts. And I guess that's the question I ask. Ask God, how do I live out the gifts that you have given me? Because when you were born again, you also were given specific gifts of ministry. Ask the Holy Spirit, how do I live out the gifts that you gave me? See, Paul well, knew he was in Christ. He it was grounded in the word. He was filled in the spirit in the upper room. He knew his gifts. And he gave the Holy Spirit the open door to use those gifts in his life. And that's why he could go into the dens of iniquity. It's because he knew who he was in Christ. He knew the gifts that were operating and he knew how to use them. It's like the surgeon. He knows what surgery needs to be done and how to, to do that surgery. And we need to, as Christians, learn to use our gifts like a surgeon uses the, the skill of, of, and the art of surgery. And we're certainly learning that from what Paul did here. And I just want to uh, mention, so I put up the comment on the screen uh, from Katie. It says, stay in the word. 
and pray without ceasing. And uh, I don't know if any of you have caught some of the uh, new teaching series I'm doing, New Goggles. Well, one of the goals of this is to teach you how to stay in prayer without ceasing as we're instructed. And and I'll, and by the way, here's, here's the big giveaway. It's by deprogramming what Pharaoh has taught you and getting into God's word. Uh, so I think you're going to learn a lot from that. And, uh, and Cisco, I'm going to ask you for a very specific prayer in a moment, but, uh, uh, just while you were thinking about giving work, I, I don't do it often enough, but, uh, listen, the inflation has hit my household like everyone else's. And if you go to writeonradio.podbean.com, if you want to support myself as well, uh, I certainly uh, appreciate it as well. So, uh, now I don't work it like other people work their Patreons and stuff like that. I don't give away hidden Intel or anything like that. Uh, folks, sometimes I might do something as a little bonus, but, uh, I put these shows together and I spend a lot of time doing it. So um, if you feel that uh, my time is worth something, maybe you can help out as well. So Cisco, here's the prayer I'm going to ask you to do today. And I want it for just those, well, particularly for those in the listening audience that are here with us live. And of course, default to everyone who hears this message, but particularly for those who are here live, I'm going to ask you to pray that their gifts become more real and start to manifest to an even greater capacity in their lives, the, the gifts from God that we talked about earlier. We're gracious, Heavenly Father. We just come before your throne, Father. Father, we know through salvation that and through the blood that you shed at Calvary that as sinners we have accepted you and accepted your forgiveness and your love into our lives Lord and with that forgiveness we are born again we are risen in Christ and as we are risen in Christ Father God you have given each and every one of us gifts of the Holy Spirit Lord I ask you Lord to give each of those that are listening, those that have a desire to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto us, including the gifts, that as they hunger and thirst after righteousness, they'll lift up their hearts in faith, and they'll say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I surrender all, because we know, Lord, that to to walk in the spirit, to, to be a, used in this beautiful way, that we have to surrender. So I speak to each and every heart out there that you will willfully give up your rightful place in the, in the natural and say, I seek ye first the kingdom of God and I surrender all that you might be glorified. And as I surrender all, I also accept the gifts of the spirit in my life, wherever they may take me, lead me, guide me, and give me such a hunger and thirst after righteousness that I will seek you all day long. I will continually seek your face. I'll continually seek after wisdom and knowledge and understanding of your word. Open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a beautiful blessing upon the children of God that they'll rejoice always in you. And again, I say rejoice 
that you are resting in the hands of God, the God of love, the God of mercy. And as we trust in the Lord, we know, Lord, that you're that you said that if we ask for these gifts, that you'll give each and every one of them to us. So again, Lord, I say, you are my God, and I that is my confession. You are my God, you are my Lord, you're my Savior. And I close that in your precious name, Yeshua HaMashiach. In God we go, in the peace of God we go, in maturity we go, in growth we go, in faithfulness we go, in love we go, in mercy and love we go, faithfulness we go, that you might be glorified in all that we do and all that we say. In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that prayer, Cisco. And I I pray each one of you who just heard that and prayed along, I pray that uh, it becomes the reality of your life. Yes. And that these gifts do manifest. And um, listen, folks, just believe. Believe that that prayer was a marker in your life. And even if you're already walking in the gifts, in the fruits of the Spirit, Believe it can be amplified. Believe God can multiply. Believe. Yes. You know, Jeff, when you said, when you just said that, something spoke in my spirit is, we need to be in tune with the first love. When we came to know Christ, he became our first love. But because life around us wears us down many times and, we step out of line, but we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. We need to keep our eyes on the Lord. And he always has to be our first love. That's where obedience is. That's where surrender is. That's where faith comes in, is through the birthing of the first love. Christ must be the first love in all that we do and all that we say. I'm not perfect in all the things I say. I get my words all mixed up sometimes, but my heart is there. My heart is there. My love for my father is there. And I'm glad it takes me where I am. And it takes you where you are. Right where you are. Standing on solid ground. Standing on the word. Standing on Christ Jesus, the solid rock. We stand. That is our testimony. And in your appointed time, yes, you were appointed to be here right now on this earth at this time. And th- this is debatably the best time on earth to be alive. Sure, we're going to go through some hard stuff. Okay. This has been probably the best time to be on earth. And, and how do I justify that comment, Cisco? We have flush toilets. <laughs> hey, look. Oh, I, thank goodness. Cisco, were, were you old enough that uh, that at some point in your life you had to go outside in January? Absolutely, I did. I that did. did not be pleasant. We had an outside commode and it smelled so bad and I forgot sulfur they put in it. I can't remember. Was it sulfur? Something that was just as bad, too. Yes. In the middle of the snow, out to the little outhouse, I would go. My little they didn't heat it, right? Me. 
Huh? It wasn't heated, right? Goodness, no, it was cold. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was so, cold. so we so had to be so bold to say that my my grandmother always had a little pea pot for us girls and for the boys too. And we it was a little chamber that we kept by the side of our bed so that we wouldn't have to go out at three in the morning. But when the sun came up, the the little potty went outside too and had to be washed and cleaned. And so from throughout the day, we had to use the outside house. Yes. So how old nothing are like <laughs> nothing like ending a Bible study with potty humor. <laughs> God knows it's reality. God knows all about it. <laughs> <laughs> God knows all about how far we have come. And, and Jesus has done the same things we did. Don't forget, he walked in absolutely, the flesh. So. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do remember those little days. Yes, I do, Jeff. But it, so that's why I'm saying we live in a really good time <laughs> of life. Like, you know, and there's obviously other things as well, but that uh, indoor plumbing has been a, a, a really great modern day thing, I would say. Um, and, and listen, obviously, you know, it's hard to go from that, but, uh, are we the generation that will see the return of Christ? Maybe kind of looking that way. I think that we should be looking for him every day. Yeah. Oh, and what a glorious oh, day. Behold his glory that we might behold him. We need to have a heart that is looking for him. We need to be looking for him. You know, if we're looking for him, how that helps shape our life every day. Uh -huh. If you forget that Christ is coming and we don't see it every day, we we the human nature of mankind tends to wander. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus, you won't wander because you don't want to miss him. I know I remember my grandmother and mother used to say, is it worth it? I'd say, what? Is it worth it? Will you miss God if you do that, youngin? Hey, youngin. If you tell grandma's story, tell me the whole story. Okay, grandma. I'll tell you the whole story. Yes, I did, grandma. <laughs> That's, good. That's good. Tell me the whole story. Okay. I did, I did. Okay. But... You know, she taught me a big lesson there. She taught me, is it worth, is the story worth missing Jesus if we should come back as a child? I learned that. Is it worth it? Is it having sex out of marriage? Is it worth that? What if Christ would come while you were in that position? Ooh. What if you were telling the biggest fib of all? And Christ return, would you miss God? At that time. At that time. You need to keep your eyes on the Lord. Do not wander to the left or right. Keep your eyes centered on him. How did I survive, survive my abuse as a child? I learned to keep my eyes on Jesus. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. <clears throat> Keep your eyes on Jesus no matter what. Keep your eyes on him. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And he will complete what he has started in us if we keep our eyes on him. 
But we have the ability to open doors and shut doors, Jeff, in our lives. Sin shuts doors. All right. So th th this is going in an unexpected direction, but yes. I've, you're going to, you're going to see Jeff getting counseling from Cisco live on air. <laughs> Why is that, Jeff? All right. Listen, the flesh is weak. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I consider my flesh a greater enemy than Satan and his minions. Honestly, you know, um, the well, flesh you know, Jeff, this that's a very good statement because you know we blame satan for a lot of our own uh yeah no i make the choices sometimes oh, <laughs> we we blame satan for everything that's wrong how about now that opens another can of worms because you know what it's not always satan a lot of it's just like you said flesh and blood it's so, the human so nature yeah so here is my fleshly problem mm -hmm. in watching for the return of the lord Obviously, it's glorious. We're going to be caught up with him. We're going to be cheering him on. We're going to be singing songs. All things are going to be revealed. That's the best part. But Cisco, a part of me, just wants to be around those people that I preach to and they didn't listen and say, I told you so. <laughs> I told you. This is real. Well, I call that a... I, I hope that's not pride. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. <laughs> <laughs> if it is, Jeff, repent, repent. <laughs> you are only responsible to take the gospel, but you're not responsible for how they respond to the gospel. You I repent every single day, Cisco, and there is good reason for that. And that was one of the things. Yeah, do I have some pride? Sure I do. Uh, is it is it one of is it the sin that God hates? Oh yeah. So again, you know, we blame the devil for a lot of stuff, but you know, uh, listen, what was it when I was talking about only eleven people watching live last night? Was it my pride? Probably. Can I be honest? Well, yes, be honest. Say, well, Lord, and, you know, I need to learn to commit it to you. I, this, everything I do belongs to you, and I have to commit it to you. And what you want to do with it, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I give it to you. I don't care if nobody looks at it. You're in charge. I will be well, obedient and I, and to I your constantly. And, but that's yeah. a hard place to be, Jeff. That's not an easy place to be. It's no, I, I listen. I get there because you know I, I've walked with the Lord enough. Yeah. Listen, the reason I say it, it wasn't because it's a major difficulty in my life. It's not. I'm not no. making it more than. But I just want to be real because everyone listening has those little situations. Absolutely. And and so. Uh, if I can be real with you and do this publicly, you know, uh, putting my shame out there publicly, um, you know, maybe that'll encourage you to repent as well of the things in your life. And well, Jeff, we all have to, have to deal with truth. And that is truth. And because it is truth, it it's like being a good teacher. You're teaching others that say well i don't even know what it was but man did i have a flare-up about this man 
so-and-so didn't show up at this and they're that or that and da 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 And you go, what was it? Some people don't even know to call it maybe pride or false pride. Maybe they don't know. But maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was something else. I think a lot of things happen in our life just to teach us to keep our eyes on the Lord. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And that's a hard place to be because we're human. And God cares about those little things in your yes, life. And yes, that was a very little thing in my life. Uh, it really truly is. It's a little thing, but it was enough to hit me emotionally. Uh, it, it's true. When did I recover? Of course. But God cares about those little things. And yes, yeah, you're right. I saw it in there. Uh, Katie says, lay it on the altar. Cisco said, lay it on the altar. Um, that's what you have to do, folks. And But yeah. But how do you recognize these things in your life unless you're looking for the return of the Lord and reading his word? Yeah, you don't. You won't see it otherwise, right? Right. Oh, yeah. Misty River, you're the best. Hey, people, please hit the like button. I never asked to do that. Hit the like button. And if you haven't uh, hit the notification bell on youtube because uh even if you did before you're probably unsubscribed now because that's what they're doing to us on this platform we will not compromise they don't like it did we just get in trouble jeff oh listen we've we're, we're, we're sitting with two strikes on this channel right now so that's why i don't do any intel or anything on here only mm. ministry yeah well so, anyways, let's uh, let's call it a day there, Cisco. Uh, much love to everyone in the audience. Thank you once again for being with us, Cisco. And uh, and we're gonna get you back real soon, Cisco, and go through uh, some chapters in your book. And I know you don't like to do the uh, dark stuff anymore, but we do need to get some understanding of what is going on in the world right now because. There is a lot of activations happening out there, folks. And that's why I say we're going to go through some tough stuff. It's going to be all around us. Yes. Um, there, there's the, the stuff is real. And the good news is the enemy uh, might be trying to force things, but God doesn't bow to the enemy and God doesn't, uh, doesn't respect his time. God says what his time is and what his time isn't. And uh, so, you know, there's, always that but at the same time you know the the devil gets permission to do certain things and uh certain things are put into place right now certain things are rolling and uh we want to help you prepare to get through it so it's not to focus on what the enemy does it's to focus on what is reality and how do we live in it mm -hmm. well you can be sure with um that Satan's losing a lot of his sacrifice under Bell. He's losing his blood sacrifice. And that is a major blow. And this is a major blow. And uh, the earth, but let me tell you, God's righteous judgment is going to stand. And the earth is going to shake. Physically and spiritually. Yeah. yeah. I, I think... Uh... When we say that there's a Red Sea moment coming, I think that is too diminutive of a description. I think that God's going to do something, and this is before his coming, I really think that God is going to do something that only God can do. And if I 
have discerned anything of uh, of God's personality and how he operates, he's going to do it just in time. Yes. And remember, keep your eyes on the Lord because those that love him, God will cover us. Put the blood over your doorpost. I Amen. tell you again, put the blood over your doorpost as the children of Israel did. Because I'm telling you, keep your eye on the fourth, fifth, and sixth. On the fourth, fifth, and sixth of July. Okay. We'll, you know what? We got to have you on right before that, Cisco, and we'll talk about it further. So we'll leave that as a teaser right now. And by the way, speaking of teasing, uh, next week on, on Sunday, we are doing, oh, next weekend is the July 4th weekend, isn't it? Yes. Oh, shoot. Uh, that is the long weekend. Well, we may be here. We may not be here. Um, there, you know, I, I have family obligations and stuff just like some of you do. But the next study we do, whether it's next weekend or the weekend after that, is going to be when Paul goes to the Corinthians. And you don't want to miss that because the Corinthians were pretty messed up. <laughs> and uh, Paul is brilliant, as always, with the Holy Spirit in him. So, uh, hey, I'm going to change the ending, Cisco, inspired by you. Remember, not only to love your God, but keep your eyes uh, open for his return. Uh, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community. Go with God.